This episode of the Boz and Bovril podcast was originally broadcast on the Celtic Rumours TV YouTube channel. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to episode 58 of Celtic Rumors TV, the Balls and Bodville podcast with your host Mark and myself, Paul. Join us tonight, we have Michael and Michael Dundee from our phone page, the podcast, celticrooms.co.uk. And Jonas, our very own Dundee, nice supporter who joins us frequently on our podcast. On today's show, we will look at yesterday's victory against St. Johnston's, where we we will have match analysis and match reaction from the lads. Jonas will talk us through about Dundee Nice's victory yesterday against Motherwell, where former Celtic player Charlie Margrew got the winner. We will also have a look ahead of Wednesday's midweek game against Hibs, where Eunice will will talk us through how Celtic should approach the game after Dundee United beat Hibs 3-0 recently. And of course, we will be looking through the live chat. So if there's anything you guys from the live chat wish us to do, please let us know. Firstly, though, Mark will just do the few shout-outs. Thanks very much, Paul. Can you see this okay, guys? I'll just go on with shouts out there now. Uh, usual shout-outs to Richie, Tim Malloy, Malika. Uh, really, that's just that now. We're up at 507 subs, which is brilliant. We really appreciate that. Thanks for everybody for all the support on here, on the forum and things like that. If you haven't subscribed, please do so. Share it, like it, and leave a comment if you know how to. So, Mark, we'll bring Michael and Jonas onto the show now. Uh, the lads would be with us until 8pm because they'd be dressing up as Mario and Luigi, taking out their Nintendo 65 with their old steering wheels and pedals to watch the Formula 1. <laughs> huh? Uh, it's no Mark of tea either, but... Uh, if, if, that, if that's what they like. Just... Oh, Mike, Mikey's right into his motor, isn't that? It really is. Just bought, bought a new... Uh, Mercedes, I think it was, or a BMW. You there, Mikey? I'm here, mate. Can you add Jonas for us, please, Mikey? Thank you, Justin. Mikey, how we start, but uh, how are you feeling? How you know you're kind of back to full strength, and how, how are you feeling these days now, bud? Yeah, yeah I feel back to myself, but as Tim O'Leary reminded us, it can come back to bite you, so. Uh-huh. Taking every day as it comes, like it says, but I do feel back to normal. I didn't feel remotely as tired as what I used to be in that. And like it says, um, yeah, like it says, um, I still in the back of my mind so that I could always bounce back. So, but like it says, we'll just need to. There's a lot of people a lot worse off than me, so I'm just glad that I've made some form of recovery compared to some people. So, mm-hmm. perfect. Do you want us with us? Must be just connecting him up. 
I see the cases as COVID are back up as well. And that's not a good sign. Like I say, this is what like I I can stress to people enough how important it is to get your jugs. Um, there's a lot of people still putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, but there's that many dropping centres now as well that, like I say, there's no excuse to not be fully vaccinated. You're just putting other people at risk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not just yourself, Michael. Like you're putting other people at risk as well. But then, like, and it's the same here. A lot of the cases have been jumping up to the thousands, three thousands. You know, it's uh, and our our country always kind of opened up fully this weekend. You know, so it's still a bit of a major concern for for so, especially the elderly. You now again, you know, the the kind of first things be coming back into them, like you know. Yeah, well, like you said, I've kind of made like you said, I got married on the third of December this year. Mm-hmm. I've kind of made a stipulation to everybody that's coming to my wedding, whether it's night guests or during the day, if they're not double vaccinated, then um, they're just going to need to pass on the day because I've got my elderly grand and grand at weddings, and my mum's obviously still going through radiotherapy work. Yeah, stuff. exactly. But I'm not prepared exactly. to put people at risk over no, the sake of being vaccinated, so either get vaccinated. Like I said, I'm not being, being a Hitler about it. If people don't want to get vaccinated, then that's fine, but. You're going to be in my kind of company or at my wedding or that, so. <laughs> no, you're quite right, Mikey. Mm-hmm. For a start, it's your day. And as you say, you've got all relations, your mum doesn't keep well and that. Ah, you're quite right saying that. Yeah, that's exactly, Mac. Like, I mean, you want to keep your own personal people around you kind of safe as well. And, Mike, I, I, I understand totally what you're saying there, but I definitely would. But going back to, to the word vax, Mac. Mark, sorry, uh, the, on, on the banter page of the forum, United Ireland didn't get the joke about the vax over. No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> didn't he? Oh my God, did you see that, Mikey? No, I never seen it, no. Jim and I were saying he was being his vax over to uh, to the Celtic match yesterday. and uh, joke and about having to drag his vax up the London Road and up to the top <laughs> flight and it just went right over John's oh, head. Yeah, he started yeah. growing about something about the vaccinations and that, just... Are you there, Jonas? I don't know what's going on. Like, see, I've tried to add him into the chat twice now, and I've to also text him, so... Mac, have you got your... I, I, I got a message off him there saying to try and add him. I thought I had. Hello? All right, Jonas. Welcome back, Jonas. Uh, right, thanks for coming on again, Jonas. Uh, before we... Before we start, lads, I just want to uh, give the the mic there to to Michael there to talk us through uh, maybe another charity event coming down the line, Michael. Uh, yeah, like I say, um, after the success of the the first charity match, we were really well over three thousand pounds, including gifted. Um, like I said, I sent Mark a letter. He'll probably post it on the forum later. Where from the Women Fee Night that organises the NHS charities. Um, just thanking everybody for their efforts in the build-up to the charity match and I've decided to put together a, a second match. I'll probably be either, I'll probably be the start of next year, probably January, February. I contacted a few clubs in the top flight of Scotland again and I'm in talks with one in the top, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say names just in case it falls through, but in the top six just now, I'll be a grass pitch that we're hopefully going to be playing on this time um, and I'm wanting to raise money for cancer. I know a lot of people do it for specific cancers, but I'm just wanting to raise it for all all forums because 
I think everybody or something like that, Mikey. Yeah, I think everybody knows someone in their life that's been affected by cancer at one point. So, again, any money is raised, they'll be just like I said. It'll just be good to raise more money for a charity that's, I mean, an illness that's affected probably everybody in the UK. So, everybody gets to play a bit of football. We'll get to raise some money, and like I said, hopefully this time we could of spectators and guys there that were wanting to come the last time but just couldn't have due to the, the whole COVID pandemic so it'll be good to get spectators in the stadium and that so uh, it'll make a big difference to it Mikey yeah spectators in that and I'll obviously it'll boost the money up as well yeah like you said it was, it was a nightmare to arrange obviously the last time just because of the pandemic that we were in obviously it's still not getting easier the numbers are jumping up again but like I said hopefully um this time around we can get because like I said there was a lot of guys from the forum that were sick that they couldn't make it and that the last time and it was kind of strange as well playing in a stadium where it was empty other than like a couple of guys that were helping out in that so like I said um, as soon as I've got more details but the the plans are in motion now and um, like I said they should have details in the next few weeks for venues and that again and like this will be a bit more notice and date set further, so we've got more time. Like say, the last time was the first time that I put together anything of that magnitude. But for my first time, I didn't think it did too bad. So. <laughs> oh, they done well. Well, you know, you pulled it off, boys. Off, you pulled it off. So that's the, that's the main thing. Uh, even so, arranging it, and I mean, really, you arranged it all, making about six, six, eight weeks or something, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was just under six weeks to get everything, including venues, players, kits, referees, and to even raise, like, so that's when you've got to just say thanks to everybody that donated the first time around. Like, to raise over three grand in that short space of time, I mean, that was quite amazing, yeah. I'm hoping to have at least maybe six, maybe 12 weeks this time notice. So it gives me double the time to get everything, to even raise even more money this time around, so... But as soon as I've got more details, I'll um, get everything uploaded again. And of course, myself and Mark will promote this again throughout uh, the podcast here, Mikey. Uh, moving on, so yesterday's game against St. Johnston ended up Celtic 2, St. Johnston nil. It was a comfortable night for Celtic, uh, as St. Johnston, I thought, never really threatened us. or They just kind of played a more defensive game. Uh, before kick-off, our possibilities of winning the game was 76%. A defeat was 7% and the draw was 70, 17%. Uh, the starting lineup was Hart, Rallison, Bicker, Starfelt, Ivanovic, Rodjek, McGrath, Tomlin, Avida, Kyoga and Yasser. Two changes from the Fed Warriors game. Ivanovic coming in for Montgomery and Jake Magnus coming in from Avida, who Mark and myself said in previous podcasts that a rest would do, do him good. Uh, it was a third different left back in three games. Uh, Johnston, Abida, Ayesi came on all the subs. Uh, Starfield supposedly had the most touches with an unbelievable 152, with Kevin Vickers next on 127. Starfield also had the most accurate passes at 127, with Vickers and McGregor on 106 each. For accuracy, Hart was the top at 96% with Starfield and Tomlin on 93%. Tomlin had six key passes in the game. You know. uh, 
a total dominant performance, uh, 79% possession over 998 touches versus 367 for St. Johnston, 220 touches between 30 and 45 minutes was almost in any 15-minute spell in the game, and it was 91% possession. Passing accuracy for Celtic was at 91%, and St. Johnson at 63%. Aerial Jews won, Celtic had 62%. Uh, I watched the game, and I must say, uh, Mark, he's been getting criticism a lot, but the, the stats coming out, Stafford really seems to be growing uh, a, a nice partnership with Vickers, and, and maybe the defence is actually gradually settling down, like this uh, Todd clean sheet in the raw mark, and it's it's looking good for for the defence at the moment, isn't it? Oh, well, you can't complain about anything about a clean sheet, Paul. Mm-hmm. You kept a clean sheet of defence and the goalkeeper's done their jobs. Didn't really see much of the game yesterday because they've gone to mass, but only saw about the first half hour, so I'll just need to go with you guys, I see. Yeah, but just go on by it, Mark, as you said, they're like the three clean sheets in a row. It, it, it's, I think it was... Uh, Maybe December last year, I think it was the last kind of. Oh, I read that the day on Twitter. So. Chris, yeah, that, that was the last time can we did that. It was against Tibbs, I think, and stuff like that when we had these three clean sheets. But it, it's shown as well, Michael, the experience that maybe Hart is actually bringing into the team and the defence is getting more settled with Hart. Yeah, like you said, I don't think um, I too much to keep the clean sheet yesterday. Like you said, I, I watched the full game. And it was. And, and I would agree that it's probably the worst game I've ever watched <laughs> once. Like, St. Johnston had no interest in playing football that whole game. Like, they could, again, it was one of them that I was just glad just to hear the final whistle and then move on to the next game. Because for a team to like set up like that the whole game with no intention of attacking, like, normally in the last five, ten minutes, there's a team will throw another striker on or maybe go for it or that. There was just nothing mm-hmm. the whole game. It was just, uh, like, I don't know what you were saying, Paul, and obviously Mark never really caught much. No, I was the same. Like, I, like, I was just surprised that the, the, the way St. Johnston set up for the game, considering their, their two cup runs last season, Michael, uh, you know, they, they offered nothing. They offered nothing. And only for Xander Clark, it could have been a, a lot more, you know? Yeah, they've lost... Uh, a few players in that St Johnston, but that's all like you say, they've brought in players in that as well and that's not like I can't remember them playing like that last year in the cup run, so I'm surprised like it says and um we'll, I don't know if we'll get on to it, but regarding the striker, I think his name is Chris Kane or whatever he is that played up front. Yeah, I have that yeah. But um how he might like says stayed on the pitch after what he done. Again <laughs> just confirms what we're talking about there. I was actually was. going to Ask you honest about that, you honest the uh, that kick by Kane, like it was it was a straight red card, you honest for the the kicking out not once but two or three times on on Cam Vickers yesterday, you honest. Yeah, well, like I say, I've I've seen the sports scene highlights and stuff, obviously, and uh, you can't just kick a boy like the boy's on fell over, you know, he's on the ground. So what's he kicking him for, like? And mm-hmm. the thing is, as well, he was the same when we played them earlier on in the season as well throwing his elbows I think he elbowed Mulgrew in the face and stuff like that and then rolled about faking injury to try and get other players booked and stuff so mm-hmm. I've never ever I've had a few run-ins with that Chris Kane against United and 
I've never ever cooked him. I just think he's a big, he's just a big clumsy sort of, he's just there to be a nuisance. He's limited football ability and he just sort of tries to throw his weight about and he doesn't really do anything for me either. Like, yeah. He took a bit of a swing at Carlton Vickers as well, didn't he? Yeah. One thing Mark that actually impressed me, John, that was, uh, was Hart. Uh, showing his experience in 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 run running up from all the way from his goal and and pulling Vickers away, you know, hard short like trying to not get him involved in it, you know, you know, you know That's because just experience yeah, again, isn't it? Sean Mac, what he's actually bringing to the to the club, isn't it? I'm surprised Tony Rawson didn't chin the guy. Yeah, I, I, I think that annoys me as well. Steve Scott Brown did that yesterday. That 100% being a red card. And splashed all the papers this morning. It would be like, or if it wasn't a red card, it would be, well, that'll need to go to the panel to be reviewed because of violent conduct or whatever it would be classed as. So, I'll be interested in what he says because he did, it wasn't just one or two kicks, it was three kicks and then when you actually see the replay, um, I think it was Mark, so he's quite right. He did swing at him, and he actually did catch him with a punch as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, see, really, one one kick you can give exactly. there's a chance that the ball is going to break away, and you can get the ball. But not if three kicks at a guy when he's lying in the deck. But the team that got me like is Vickers getting booked as well. But when I was listening to the commentary, Michael, you probably heard as well, and yours probably heard that the referees are kind of told just book the two of them, and that's this. You know, like that—that's that, a shocking rule, Mickey. Ain't this? Lucky that, like you say, that came lucky that uh, Vickers showed as much restraint as what he did. Mhm. That, that would have been somebody else, and that wouldn't maybe when it ended that, the way that it did. Like you say, Joe Hart did he, he's a bit about also kind of calm down the situation, but I just don't, like the referee was clearly looking at it. like you say, guys are able to watch sports, you know, catch up on I think it was on YouTube anyway, on the SPL channel later today and the referee couldn't be any closer to saying the guy have three swipes and a punch but books best mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, just, I can't even understand why Carter Vickers got booked in it yeah I think that's because he didn't really react other than kind of shoving he was, kind of he was getting away, angry but everybody was holding him back so he didn't actually do anything wrong apart from roasting his rag mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's the kind of what they were saying yesterday, Mark, was the commentary, like, it's kind of the rule of the game now, just spoke to two of them if there's thing like that, but I, I don't understand it, why, why, but should Celtic appeal it, maybe get that yellow card uh, reduced, Mark, that, not to get us? Does it be worth it, really? No. You know, I don't again, it's just one of these things, I would love somebody to ask Ange what he thinks of the refereeing standards in Scotland. Yeah, cause, you know, like, and you're honest, you've been under Paros a lot, a, a lot now, and, you know, it seems we, every we time talking about referees, yeah, it, it always seems to be, you're honest, it always seems to be a referee. He's like a neutral, it's really yeah. just like, oh, everybody's against Celtic, we're asking Jonas is a neutral, what he thinks. Yeah, well, I think it's... Blatantly obvious to anybody that's seen that incident. Like, if anybody that's got any knowledge of football, all it should really have been, it should have been a red card. Because, like you say, you had what three, 
the boy was lying on top of the ball on the ground, and then the boy was just volleying the ball, like volleying the guy when he was on the deck, and then he swung a punch at him. It's just like, well, I don't understand, like, if that's not punished, then what chance have you got? Like, you know what I mean? And people going about VAR, if you need VAR to see that decision, <laughs> then you'd be as well having Stevie Wonder running the line for you because it's just it's just a nonsense, is it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, moving back on to the game, you the, the last time you were in the pod was there for the, at the, the end of uh, September for the SPL show. We talked about that it was key for Celtic to get their their, their players back for the, the full fitness, get back from injuries. Now that they haven't, Celtic seem to be going on a run. Have you seen a, an improvement in Celtic in the last couple of weeks, Jonas? Well, you would like to say anybody that has key players out, and then when you start getting your players back in, it you normally, in most cases, coincides with a, a turn in results and a turn in fortunes, and seem to obviously be starting to pick up pick up victories now because they're starting to get key players back. So the same as any club, like you know <laughs> what I mean, you're always going to struggle with your best players. But it doesn't matter. It could be Barcelona, Man City. Liverpool, whoever. Barcelona don't have any key players at the moment. So I wonder. It's one of those ones you just read them off because they're like a big club, or like PSG or whoever. But if if your best players are available, then you're you're going to struggle, and it's not any different to you. You know what I mean? Basically, that is what's happening in Barcelona. Their main player Messi's not available to him too. They've lost like massive players and that, that impacts anybody it's the same as any club it doesn't matter what level you play you play amateur football right up to the top and uh, elite professional football if you lose your best players and don't replace them then you're going to struggle or if your best players are out injured you're not going to be the same side that you want Sundays normally do that I'll just sit and watch everything on Serie A normally but I remember back in like 2011-2012, I would have stayed up to like four in the morning to watch that game. That's how good a quality it was. And go roll, roll on ten years later, you wouldn't have gone across the road to watch it. It's that dire. Right, so mm-hmm. it just goes to show you how the mighty have fallen over the years. And, and yourself, Mike, look, the last time you were on with us is, 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 has been a while because of uh, being sick and that, but you were kind of on with us with, with the Livingston game and you were quite critical of the way Andrew's playing, have you seen an improvement in Celtic in the last couple of weeks yourself, Mike? Well, they played a bit better, yeah. Like I say, they're not even, I don't even think they're even over 40%, if I'm being honest. But there's no need to be to win the last few games. Like, mm-hmm. fair and far off, they were garbage. Like I say, that just goes to see how bad Lennon's team was that got a bit for them. I mean, they got into the Champions League in that fair play for them, Mike, but like I say, St Johnston, they were never going to win that game yesterday. I see. We got. I think we got them in a couple of weeks in hand, and again, so that'll be fun again. Just part of the bus and hope for the best. But I saw yesterday, and um, like a kind of defence of no conceded in that. But what I'm finding quite, I think Loralston needs a break. Eh? So I just don't understand because he brought Ball and Goalie in for that one game, and he wasn't. I don't know if he's injured. But he wasn't even on the bench yesterday, and I'm just. I, I hate players always getting played out of position. Eh? So I just don't understand. It's clear as day that Ralston needs a rest. He's not been playing as good as what he played well against Ferdinand Farnos and that. But why not just give Ralston a rest yesterday, put your arm about your right back and bring the ball and goalie? And mm-hmm. that's your left back. That was what my only criticism. I mean, that's a few weeks he's been there now as well. He's hardly a stint, a sniff him. Yeah, and it was quite clear as well. And I, I can't remember who it was, I was reading it on the, the forum earlier. Kyogo will never ever be a white player for Celtic. Yeah, I was just about to say that, Mikey. We're really losing 
the effect of Kyogo when he's not down the middle. You know, that just the space he brings or, or the runs that he makes to bring other players into in, into the into the attack. We're losing Kyogo out the wings, aren't we? I like to reckon there be more who said on the post put on the forum earlier. Either play Giacomacus and Kyogo or it's just gonna be one or the other. It's as simple as that and if that's the case then it'll probably be. But a lot of people look at Kyogo and the start he's made and go like he'll be the number one starter out of the two. That Giacomacus, given the service, will bang the goals in like he's a striker that'll get all the six years to like like even his goal against St Johnston, he'll he'll gobble all him up like uh, But that's what we were missing too, Mikey, with Giacomacus, is that we were missing someone in the box, and that that's why he he gave Celtic yesterday. He he knew that cross was going to come, and and he was there. You know, we we spoke about a Yesi being this type of uh, player, but yes, he wasn't getting into those positions that Giacomacus was getting into. But now that we have a striker that does that, what do we do with Kyogo and and, and Giacomacus? You know, that's is well, that going to tweak his formation? Will he play two up front? You know, that's that that's the big ask. I, I, you can't hear a guy that scored nearly 30 goals in the area of the last season. Like, he's played Kyogo and Giacomacus. He's playing Turnbull and Roderick in the same team, and in my opinion, it doesn't work. So I'd drop, you, you drop one of them and bring Giacomacus in and just play Kyogo behind. That's what you were kind of saying, Mark. Why don't you kind of give him that kind of free roar behind uh, him? And... Like the way Lubo used to play for us. Mm-hmm. Just let him float about that final third and do what he does kind of idea. But I agree with what Mikey's saying there with uh, Turnbull and Rogic and it would probably probably be Rogic I would drop out the team to play Kyogo in that kind of position. Why? Why? why yeah, why would you not drop Turnbull or... Because I think Turnbull does a lot more work defensively. Mm-hmm. a bit more energy. A bit more... Uh, I thought it's dynamic, you're right. Do you know what I mean? He puts a harder shift in than Rogic. Yeah, right, like, that's, that's one position. And, like I said, if I looked at the team sheet and, like I said, they went by what I was saying or what Mark was saying regarding Giacomas and Kyogo and Turnbull or Rogic, if I looked at it, it was Rogic or I looked at it, it was Turnbull, I wouldn't be too too fussed either way. What one it was like, yeah, I just didn't want both of them in the team together. I'd, I'd agree with that, Mikey, to be honest. I've, Either or kind of thing. I've said that as well. Whether it's Kyogo or somebody else, I still I just don't want Rogic and Turnbull in the same midfield. I'm just glad, mm-hmm. like you said, it looks like they're going to get some early business done in January, January as well. So get the players in early as well. That'll be another. Did you watch any videos of that? Of that boy that Mikey was uh, Paul was talking about in the last podcast, that Maida. Yeah, uh, that he's in Maida. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Put it on the post. I think right, that's. Uh, I think Michael, that's going to be a, a done deal. I think it's. Uh, I think yeah. Ange's already speaking to him. Like he, when asked in the interview, there was it after the last match. He kind of didn't give nothing away, but he didn't say we're not interested in him either. And like this fella's speed is unbelievable. Like you know, like if you have like our attacking threat at the moment, and and I'll ask you on about about it there as well. Like, like the pace of, of our attack is. It's frightening, you honest, isn't it? Well, at the end of the day, if you ask any defence what they hate playing against, it's just sheer pace. Because it's, it's probably the hardest thing to defend against because if someone's faster than you, unless you're 
unless he's one of them that's just like a headless chicken that can run and can't take the ball with them normally I just don't think he'd be a decent football team in this day and age without pace you know what I mean mm-hmm. if you're slow you're, you're going to struggle but like you say obviously with your that's arm, a Mikey answer isn't it there's nothing without pace up the wings Mikey yeah that's what I think to be honest is you've been pals with me that long now that <laughs> you're brainwashed not them into it like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like defenders will play against a forward like Kane all day long, they love these high balls, you know, they love the physical challenge. Like, that's night and day to them, these these kind of uh, of uh, forwards like who and Pacey, but when the likes of a Kyogre or, or Medida or Yasa or Abida, whoever, they don't I like this, they don't want to run, like, you know. But a, a bit of the game I did watch yesterday, Paul, I noticed that uh, Yota had been stinging the boy, like, Cutting inside him for the first maybe 15, 20 minutes, and then the next thing he just took the boy in the side and down to the, the byline and crossed the ball in. And I think, I think it was Darren Adair that said, he said, That's you ought to get right inside that lad's head. Mm-hmm. He knew he doesn't know what way he's going to go when he yeah, gets the ball. Yeah, two feet, Mark. Yeah, I, I know, uh, Darren Adair was. But, Mark, you said about this too, as well in a few podcasts uh, that most of our attack comes down the left and, right, but, uh, and, and, and 43% of our attack was, was on the left yesterday and only 27 on the right like is, is that showing that Yasser is the man to, to, to create chances now or what's going on there why is this not, not a balance I, what I'm saying you know I would like to have seen what the, the stats were with the, the left to right thing Paul when it was a bad that it was in because mm-hmm. I was thinking about it and thinking, well, see if you're always going down the left or the right. We can't fault a badder for having a exactly, game. exactly. You know, and, and that's that's what I was saying. Like, like yesterday, everything came down the left. Like, like go back to what you said, Mark. Like the lad didn't know where you were going to go. We've, we've put Kyogo on the on the right hand side, who's supposedly a star man, and we're still going round this left hand side. Yeah. Look, it's just a shame that we've not got really many other options on the right just now because it's quite clear that Abada needs a rest. Mm-hmm. Like he needs, in my in my opinion, anyway, people might say different, but he's not. He's definitely not as sharp as what he was at the start of the season. No, I'd agree with that, Mike. I said he's, he's never really came back, Mark, kind of fully fit. We really have to kind of had a, an injury spell out there a couple of weeks back. He, he hasn't really came back the same player since then, you know, and what I'm reading from reports is that Forrest could be out for maybe another another two games, you know, so when Forrest comes in, do you expect him to slot in there? Maybe Avidar get a rest in, Mikey? No, I, I, I think um, the term I use, I think Forrest is slowly but surely on a sticky wicket with Celtic just now. Because if he keeps being injured and injured, and then, like, say, come January, Maeda and that comes in. Like, they'll play Maeda for the right, Jota for the left, and mm-hmm. Kyogo and Giacomacus in the middle. And that's why I bar it on the bench. And then where's, where's Forrest going to find himself? That's chugging material, that, Mike, isn't it? Yeah, but that's what I mean. It's just, that's, that's what it looks like it's going to happen, is it? Like, well, I agree. I think Forrest will be a squad player for us, really, now going forward. Yeah, because like I said, he's obviously unfortunate with injuries and that, but whenever it seems like actually going away from Forrest for a second actually, because I've gave this, I've ripped on this guy for 
the last year, I think. But Mikey Johnson, since he's came back to his fitness, looks like a different player. He did. I was actually very impressed uh, with uh, Mickey Johnston yesterday, Mikey, when he came on. I thought he looked slick on his feet and uh, he, he was making pass, he was making runs, and he was very unlucky not to get a goal himself that, that hit off the post. Like, so, like, that's another option that, that we have coming off the bench. Uh, I just want to tap on one thing there, what Miles is saying there is like, it will all even out when Jovanovic goes back to, to right, 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 right back, Mark. Do you think maybe that. Maybe because Ralston is there, Mark, that Abidaz maybe uh, the right hand side isn't getting that service that the left hand side is getting or I think Andrew's just getting Ralston's game because he has done so well. Mm-hmm. But I just think he needs a he needs a rest and let's see what Juranovic can do on the right hand side. Mm-hmm. Uh moving on from that, look I just wanna to come to Jonas there. Um is that uh, Dundee yesterday, Jonas, Dundee United, nice, sorry, yesterday, Jonas, uh, 2-1 against Motherwell. Uh, former Celtic player Tony Watt getting the penalty, but Charlie McGrew uh, getting the winner. What a player he's after becoming for, for Dundee United, Jonas. Well, he, was, he got the winner, but he also got the assist. For assist as well, yeah. The first goal, but uh, he's rolling back the years for that wee bit of trickery on the wing and then the cross in, like, you know. And then obviously for his centre half partner Edwards to get the first goal, and then he gets the second goal. But uh, he's came in and he's he, he steadied the ship at the back for us because before it was just Hoof, 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 McConnelly and Reynolds. But with him, we, we get the ball on the deck and play out from the back, and he's just made Edwards a bit like the two of them have just made like an unbelievable partnership. The least goals conceded in any in any top league and what well, out any league in the country, I think it was a. I got up to a couple of weeks ago anyway so yeah really solid and like you say Mulgrews I mean there was a lot of boys raging when he signed boys were like oh, what are you giving a 35 year old a two year deal for but Mulgrews never been blessed for lightning pace anyway and I thought the way I th- and I was quite happy when he came in to be honest with you and he's obviously he's came in and he's he's been a brilliant signing mm-hmm. Mark he has hasn't he like, Mulgrews would have done a job for us this year probably the way our defence was at the start of the season with injuries to Julian and that so I've, I've seen a few Dundee United games just so I kind of know something that Jonas is talking about and well Gru has, he's really I didn't think he was as old as 35 to be honest I thought he was only about 33 but he's obviously looked after himself throughout his career He's done that, he looking after himself it's funny yesterday I was Back to Dundee yesterday to drop in with my mates off. So I stopped in the shell garage between Dundee and between Perth and Dundee. Because Jonas was texting and up pools in his fancy American. It was Charlie Mulgrew in the petrol station. And I actually can't. No, and actually, I didn't realise how tall he actually was. I suppose anybody's taller than he's standing next to me, but um, I can confirm that his hair is as good as what it looks in the TV. <laughs> better, better than Chris Boyd <laughs> Jonas said Dundee manager said after the game that he thought the players handled the, the game well yesterday that there was a versatility in your attack uh, he counter-attacked and he combined uh, the high press up the pitch uh, would you agree with that like, what, what versatility is he kind of putting out there that, that, that you did Jonas well, it was a different the, the Hibs game last week, we we just played better football. It was all quick one-two passing, 
high pre- high pressing, slick passing moves and stuff like that. Whereas yesterday, Motherwell are a big strong side, two big giants at the back and a lot of physicality in the middle of the park and stuff. So we had to play a sort of different way a wee bit. We had to combat the physicality and there was there wasn't as much. Pretty, there were still passes a really good play, but they we had to roll our sleeves up and get stuck in a wee bit more. So I shown both sides of the game being able to play good, open, attractive football, but also rolling your sleeves up and being prepared for the physical battle, which is what we had to do to come out on top yesterday. Because Motherwell are a good side. They were sitting only, I mean, up until I think they've lost two in a row prior to playing us, but they were sitting fourth, you know what I mean? So there are no mugs there. Eh? So, I mean, to get a, a win, we were always going to need to scrap for it, like, yeah. You understand? The way Coates wants to play his football, like, is there some similarities the way he wants to play and the way Ange wants to play at Celtic, like the high press, the, the, the attractive football, as you're saying, keeping the ball on the floor? Do you see kind of some similarities there, the way the two mm-hmm. teams kind of play? I think so, and the recruitment has been geared at... The sporting director was in the paper a couple of weeks ago saying that all the signings are like a laser-focused approach based on playing to the system and the style of football that we want to play, which is a passing, high-energy, high-pressing, ball-on-the-ground-based game. So we've brought players in to play that system. So, no, there isn't too much... I don't think there's a world of difference between the way that the two sides are trying to play. The philosophies are probably pretty similar in, in how they want to play. Yeah, you know? when, when they're fair out with you there, Jonas, because you've went corporate owners... Well, she's felt fall out with you because you've went corporate owners going into the, the the snobby seats at the game and that. Oh right, ah yeah, the hospitality. Aye. <laughs> I know. Um, uh, we need to, need to check your credentials in future before you come on here. <laughs> I know no prawn sandwiches were consumed before this podcast. I'll let everybody know that anyway. <laughs> but Mark, there is kind of similarities because going back to the Dundee Nice game, like. They, they really were the only team who kind of attacked Celtic in, in a high press way uh, uh, in the SBL as, as we would we would do with uh, when Celtic are playing, uh, isn't there? Sorry, sorry, Paul. What was that? I was reading I said, the live chat. Yeah, they said there is kind of a, a similarity to way the way Dundee United played the way Celtic played because if you think back to the Dundee United game, Mark, they were really the kind of only team to get at Celtic in, in high press. Well, I, I definitely, Paul. They, they were one of the better teams I've played against all year mm-hmm. for it being a, a, an open game. But Mikey's talking about with St. Johnson yesterday, just didn't have any attacking interest at all. Whereas Dundee United, they, they basically went toe to toe ways. And the thing about yesterday's game as well, uh, Mark, is that said they continue to. Together, and you know, we got the break. I know, I know there was a penalty, but it was again Xander Clark who who kept the score sheet down. And I've been very impressed with with, with him oh, over the last decent, couple of years. He's, he's a, a decent, decent keeper, keeper but, yeah. You know, he's probably. I don't think he would be happy enough to come to Celtic because like sitting where bench is number two, but he's better than Bain for a start. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. I don't know, does he get in the Scotland t- Is he Scottish, isn't he? He was in the squad the last time, but then he dropped out. It wasn't at the last squad, he was in the squad before last. So who, who is the Scotland goalkeeper? Craig Gordon? Craig Gordon and then the boy Liam Kelly from Motherwell's the 
second the backup right. and John Mc, I can't remember maybe the boy McLaughlin maybe was the third choice or something. I'd have thought that Xander Clark would have been like maybe number two for Scotland. I think he's like Xander Clark and his brother the post that they put on Twitter about four or five years ago and what his brother still posted but what do you think you want us? I know. <laughs> Have I put my foot in something here? I just like, I don't think people realise how anti Celtic Xander Clark and his brother and his family actually are. Oh, right, is, right, I didn't like, know that. This is like Lewis Ferguson, like, like well, Barry Ferguson, that is actually reasonably respected, in my opinion. Like, there's as much chance of him coming to Celtic as playing it like this. Right. <laughs> uh, moving on, Jonas, the last time you were with us, uh, you were saying that. Uh, Dundee Nice's bogey team was heads, but he faced them recently in a 3 0 win. Uh, how should Celtic approach this game, Jonas? Like, Hibs at the moment uh, they haven't had the best uh, start uh, to October, losing against Rangers 2 1, losing against 3 3 0, losing yesterday to Aberdeen, who are scraping in the league. Is it a good time for Celtic maybe facing Hibs, or is it going to be a tough time for Hibs? facing his because they want to, to get results? And, well, it'll be a game that they'll be looking at a home crowd and that thing, you know, with bounce back. But I think the thing with Hibs is, the interesting thing was they didn't have any shots on target against Aberdeen yesterday. Mm-hmm. And they seem to be missing the physicality of the, the lad Dodge up front. Just doesn't seem to be sticking up front with Nisbet or that. Like, even against us like a, a week past Saturday, I think their first shot on goal, and Benji made a great save, tipped onto the post, but I think that was at 3-0 before they had a reasonably an attempt that like concerned. There's a couple of routine like sort of meet and drink saves, but the fourth one decent save out the goal and they were 3-0 doing at home. So they don't look... If you can nullify Boyle, I mean, we sort of nullified them. Edwards just sort of put in one in the old fashion, just sort of stuck him in the air, early doors, and then that was him. Didn't, wasn't really interested the rest of the game. So if you can contain him, if they, they don't look great just now and they're low on confidence. So... I'm going to say it's a bad time to be playing them, put it that way. Mm-hmm. Mark, do you want to come in there? Like, Easter World has always kind of been uh, a tough place for Celtic to go for in kind of the recent years. Like, we, we kind of haven't got a result there uh, in a long time. How when was the last time you beat them? 2009, 6th of February. 2009? 19, 19. 2-0. 2-0, Oliver Buck and... Bear with me. Uh, Christie got the goals in that game. It was two 0 as a Wednesday night, six sixth of February, two thousand nineteen. Well, well researched, dear Paul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's it's it, that's what I'm saying. Like it's not not has it just been a bogey team for 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 Dundee United. Like Easter Road's always a hard place for pe- mm-hmm. any team to go to. It's like Ab- it's Aberdeen, Tannadice, over the years it's, it's Usually hard to go there. There's always freak results. I mean, we went to Aberdeen and pumped them a few times and things like that. But when you're up against these teams that are looking to, they're off. I mean, they're all chasing third place in third place in the league. So they make it hard for anybody that's gone there. Just as long as we turn up. Celtic absolutely pump them in that conference. Do you think, Mikey, it's a it's a it's a good time to be. Uh, Meeting Hibs now, uh, 
but I was reading the, doing up the the podcast there. I was I was reading about Hibs that they were being booed off the pitch against Dundee. And I said they were booed off the pitch again yesterday. The fans were on their back. People saw us saying they're, they're actually in a crisis at the moment because they had such a bad October. Uh, uh, and with Celtic now coming to form and uh, well, players come back, we're, we're starting to see more flu Do you think it's actually a good time to be facing Hibs? Good time to be facing anybody who brings the Celtic just now because they've actually got the team back. There's no chance that Hibs are going to get a result to the Celtic on Like, Hibs, like uh, ironic, Hibs fans boon because they've lost the last couple of games and stuff. Hibs as a team aren't even that good. They're lucky to even be where they are in the league. As a, uh, as a start, like they've got that Kevin Nisbet, again, as I called it early in the season, overrated. Had one good season and everybody wants him signed. Goes and plays for Scotland. Even though the, when he's played for Scotland, he's only had cameo appearances. Never a Scotland international. The only decent player they've got is Ma- uh, Boyle. And as soon as you put, the, put him up in the air, then he doesn't want to kick Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, com- I'm so confident on Wednesday at getting a result, and I think it'll be a comfortable end too. Do you know, like that left back they've got, Mikey? Uh, is it Doig? You just yeah. it Doig. Even he's not had a great start for the season, like it says. But Mark, going back to what Mikey was saying there, all the hype about signing Nesbitt at the, at the, at the moment and stuff like that. Like Joris was saying there, they didn't even have a shot and target against them. Like and. People were crying for us to, to, to sign him. Like, you know, maybe Celtic shouldn't be looking at Naismith and, and maybe go, what well, I'm just seeing, like, this kind of media and stuff like that. They'd probably get a better player for abroad for mm-hmm. the kind of money that has yeah, like, the media value mark at the moment is 600,000. Well, what I find hilarious is there was guys on the forum that were clamouring to pay £4 million for this kind mm-hmm. of business. And media is what, Mikey, 600,000 was right when I was doing up the. To play Nelson last week, it was six hundred thousand. He was valued at. I think Celtic paid what two and a half million for Jack Market. Transfer market. Mm-hmm. No, no. Was that just is that the transfer fee? No, that was on that was on their their uh, value. Uh, Yokohama. Oh, mm-hmm. where do you go? I mean, even I've I've not really seen that much in us, but what I've seen from him, sometimes he plays well, sometimes he doesn't. He? Mikey's usually spot on with judgment of players, but they're they way in the world I would pay like the four or five million pounds for him. Why would you pay four million pounds for Nisbet when you can get Jack Marcus, who was his top goal scorer in the Eredivisie for half that? Well, that's what I was going to say, Mikey. <laughs> for, see, for the money that Hibs would want for him, you'd, you'd go abroad and get a far superior player for that kind of money. And you've got, like you say, Dyson Maeda that's banging in the goals in the Japanese league, which is a better standard of league than ours, that you can get for under a million pounds. Because he's only got a year left on his deal. Because it, was only, it wasn't a long term deal he signed with that year. No. no. Jonas, what, so. what's your thoughts on uh, on Naismith? Like he, he hasn't, like you said, he has the best of starts. Even with Scotland, he's not getting a start. And is he overrated, or is there much to come from because he's such a young player? Maybe if he did come to Celtic or a bigger club, he he would improve. Or well, I think like. And we were laughing about it yesterday before the United game. People were saying we were actually laughing at the fact that Hibbs thought that they could get three or four million for him because the amount of times they've seen him, he's done nothing. Eh? He's mm-hmm. not. He banged the goals in in the championship, and okay, he had an okay start last season. But he relies on the boy Dodge up front with him for his physicality to help him as well. You know what I mean? To win in his knock-ons and that, and he's not that quick either. I don't think. I don't think he's. 
all that he's cracked up to be and just because he's a homegrown player same as the English market people down there always go well look at Harry Maguire he went for 85 million you're going to stay to him <laughs> you saw so, Harry Maguire today honest, against Liverpool Jesus that, Christ, so just, that's what I'm saying so I'm just using that as a comparison mm-hmm. this, because he's Scottish because he's a homegrown player he, there's always an inflated price tag on, on their heads obviously not to the same degree as in, in England but yeah, but four point five is a lot of money in Scotland. Yes, yeah, you know it's the mean? same principle. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, to, to finish off the, the month of October, you honestly are going to uh, Livingston. Uh, we spoke about their their, their pitch uh, a lot on the podcast, uh, and you, you were honest as well. We talked about, about that. Uh, it'll be a different game for for Dundee United playing on the the artificial surface against Livingston. Uh, how how would you think? Course would approach that game. I think he'll try and play the type of football that we always try and play. But like I said, they'll just be going through there on Wednesday night. Any kind of win will do me. I'm not fussed about watching a great performance, even if it's not a great spectacle. But we'll come away with the three points, and that's all that matters because there's only so much you can do when you're on that kind of surfaces. No, it's just, as long as you get the win, you in the centre. Just trying get, get the win and get out of dodge. That's exactly it. Just get there, get the win. Uh, like rob the bank as it were and then get on your horse and hightail it into the sunset that's kind of the way that we'll be looking at it get, just go there and try and try and play the way we have done try and keep the ball on the deck pass and play, play football but make sure that you come away with the result and like I say I'm not going to be sitting here losing sleep if it's a scruffy 1-0 and a late goal or something you know what I mean Smokey, as we know ourselves Smokey and you were frustrated after the Celtic and Livingston game uh, recently but it is a tough ground to go to because of that artificial tough Mikey, isn't it? I hate, I just hate any professional level. There seem to be artificial surfaces. It's embarrassing for a Scottish, Scottish football. They even have the effect, like... Yeah, I love it to know you because they, they see it as because it saves them. It's like some form of saving the money because they can hire out their pitch and just train on it and that but like I say it is a sporting advantage when you train and play mm-hmm. on that pitch every day I don't care what anybody says people say well I can't keep blaming the pitch there's obviously going to be an advantage when you're playing on it every day that should be like there's surely got to be a rule that comes in eventually to state that all professional clubs and certain level of football want to have a grass pitch <laughs> Mark not only do they have to worry about the, maybe the artificial stuff but Livingston as well are our physical team. We, we found that out there. They went for hard tackles. Like Dundee, they should have to be prepared for that. So the way they play their football, they like to press out, but they have to be up against the physicality of, of Livingston as well, don't they? Yeah, but they've got that books in the middle, Paul. Mm-hmm. It's all with Celtic. You'll go toe-to-toe with any player in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry. My wife has just come in to get her phone charger. Sorry about that, lad. She just interrupted me. But That's a yellow girl for her to pull. Don't be interrupting the boys. You know, <laughs> uh, I got last though. I was over. But she's semi-clothed, Paul. <laughs> she was, yeah. She, she's pure distracted you. She did, yeah. <laughs> you have me blushed now, Mark. That looks too hard, right? <laughs> you know? But, Mark, going back 
just want to go back to the Hibs game, Mark. Like, Mikey's is Mikey's going to take it that Celtic maybe top. Are, are you that constant that our players are back? We're finally starting to see the Ange ball that we'll get to a stage now, Mark, where Celtic are getting back to winning with his four wins in the chart now for, for Celtic in October. It has been a good October, Mark, for, for Celtic. Well, we've done well. We're getting back to winning ways. We're keeping clean sheets. So I'm not being as confident as Mikey saying it will pump Hibs, but I'm confident that we'll beat them. <laughs> My main uh, delight of, of this Celtic team, Mark, at the moment is is the clean sheets. You know, it, it was key last season that you saw well, like any shot. Yeah. For a big worry. Went to it mm-hmm. been for a couple of months here, but seems to have sorted itself out. Is that out maybe... Starfield looking a bit more comfortable. Do you think, Mark, is it down to Vickers coming into that, that defence? Has he brought a difference to the Celtic defence since he came in? Uh, I think he has. I think he's brought a bit of physicality to the, the mm-hmm. defence, but Starfield just looking more settled. Juranovic just... He looked, well, he just kind of... But not face. Seamlessly, like, didn't he? He's, he's pent again... Yes, Joe Hart. No. So I think it's a party. Just everything's starting to come together a bit, Paul. Mm-hmm. Even down to the, coach, the coaching and things like that. Mikey, what's your thoughts on, on the Celtic defence lately? The three clean sheets, Mikey, has been, it, it's, it's been great for the defence, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been good, but I, I don't think they've really had much to do, if I'm being honest. Like I said, we'll talk about this when we come up against, like, well, when I've got real bets at home soon, a couple of weeks, that'll be an interesting test for the like you says. But uh, see, the big yeah. question is when we're playing Reed Matisse, Mikey, right? Bowley is not in the UEFA squad, right? So does he play Jovanovic there, or does he put Jovanovic into rice and bring Young Young Montgomery in? But myself and Mark were saying. With Montgomery in the Europa League, Marcus seemed to be kind of a step above him, didn't it? That he wasn't able to handle the, the European game. Oh, I looked a bit out of his depth, Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in Europe, so you would just play skills at left back and put your arm at your right back. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like I, I think that I am, I, that's what's confusing me about this whole skills thing as well. Yes. The guy's played in the Europa League and the Conference League and scored goals for Charlotte Rovers and that. And every time that I've seen him play, which is, again, he's not getting a lot of time. He's looked more than capable of playing in the left back. And Mikey, he's got to be fit because he's came for a team that he's playing every week. You just said he played in the Europa League and things like that. And I don't understand that with skills as well. Again, I, I, but anyway, you better watch your time, Mikey. Yeah, like just before just before the go off. Mario Kart. Just before the go, uh, before I go off anyway. Um, just like Ralston, like Stevian Ralston, like again, Ralston was piece season ago and that, and he's been outstanding this season so far. But he's never going to be Celtic's right back this season. It should be Juranovic. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't understand this whole ball and goal thing. But fans turning on him and that the mistake last season when he's playing. But to be fair, we we saw more we saw more fluency, didn't we? Like he he seems to be the one that's mostly suited to the way Ange wants to play because of his pace as well, doesn't he, Mike? I think that's what I said. Um, I said that in the chat. That's what's frustrating me. Like it says, because all the left backs we've currently got in the books. He's the one that fits what the way he wants to play. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand. He came in it's the only position. People really. want to forget all that stuff. Yeah. About the COVID. No, it, was, it was a mistake, and 
see, the time nobody knew things, things were going to pan out and things like that. So, as you see, Mike, it's the people going daft about it and they just bury it. It's in the past. But he is the only one, Mark, because like, we haven't seen enough of scales, right? And I, I, I personally think scales should be given a chance because of what, what I've seen of him and, and the type of player he is. But if we're not going to play scales, the only rightly player to, to play that position is is Balangoli because we saw Taylor couldn't do it. Montgomery, right, he's young. He still needs to improve. He's, he's not going to be your number one left back at the moment. But Balangoli, Mark, is the only realistic one who can play that position. And by playing Ivanovic, you're taking out of his best position as right back. Like, I know he's done well at left back, but Mark, it's not his natural position. Like, why are we playing a player left back that's not his natural position, you know? Well, my big hands just feels that Ralston's playing that well. Mm-hmm. He, shouldn't be, he shouldn't be dropped. But as I've said as well, Mikey said it just two minutes ago, he does, for me, he needs a bit of time out. Mm-hmm. But I said about a bad idea, we're just playing every game. I mean, well, Buzzer, maybe you'll know, Paul, but Ralston must have been one of the players who's played the most minutes. Oh, yeah. Without doubt. I think he only missed... I mean, even Cal McGregor's been took off during games. Yeah, and Ralston hasn't kind of been, been substituted. I think he was... It, did he miss two games, Mark, I think, because of uh, a COVID issue kind of just before the internationals there? He was, he was out for two games. And he kind of oh, came yeah, out there. He had, yeah, he yeah. had COVID. If, he, if he's been fit and available, he's been playing. Mm-hmm. And going back to what, look, Mikey, you, you you know yourself. You know if you if you're being hit with COVID, like to get your your levels back up, to, it's it's going to take a, a good couple of weeks to get your levels back up to to where they need to be. Months. Mm-hmm. What I mean, like people think like they get past it and that, and they get the taste and smell back, and then that's them recovered. That's not even supposed to be in the cover. Like I say, I've now got the taste and smell back now. But the fatigue that I should, I'm still showing on certain days, it's like that. So I can only, I can't, like, for football players that have had it, like, I understand why why it's taking them so long for them to come back because to even get yourself out of bed some mornings to even go to work is nigh on impossible. So if they go and keep up that level of performance for 90 minutes, it's just you're not going to be able to do it. It's as simple as that. Tim Alloy caught it months ago, Mikey, and I've got some other, some other health problems, and he's, it's all deserved itself kind of thing, but Tim still struggling, struggling with certain things. Even my buddy at work, Mark, he's still struggling after he kind of caught the same time as Mickey, and like Mickey said there, his smell's only coming back now as well, you know, and, and fatigue, he could be grand, say, in the morning when he gets up, or later on in the afternoon, he's physically shattered, you know? No, it's... You're still football players kind of not vaccinated, you know? Just football players who don't want to get vaccinated know, and stuff like that. Like, yeah. well. The yeah. football players were one of the first. Yeah. You know, uh, that's it uh, from Michael and, and Jonas. They're off to pretend that they're Formula One drivers uh, for the night. Enjoy it, lads. Uh, vroom, I, vroom, vroom. Who are you rooting for? Is it Hamilton or is it uh, 
can't believe that you just mentioned this Lewis Hamilton on this chat. Why are you waving your reunion jack and that, Mikey? Come on, Lewis. Well, this is what, like, people like F1 understand. Like you say, this is in the biggest races in the last 10 years. And, like, yeah, I think it's just only six points between them, I think, with, with six races to go or something like that, isn't it? Yeah, like you say, this is the first time that Lewis Hamilton's actually hit his... Under pressure, yeah. Well, like, the last seven years, he's had a car that's steamrolled everything. But, yeah, he's a good racing driver, but it helps if everybody's that trash. This is the first year that he's actually had a challenge and he's already starting to buckle already. So, like you say, hopefully, like you say, Verstappen gets the win. We the only time I want some deductions to win for Enjoy, and, and Jonas, you'll join us again maybe next week for the SBL roundup for October. Yeah, no bother, lads. Cheers for having us again. Good man, Jonas. Thanks very much for coming uh-huh. on, Andrew. Mikey, enjoy your racing. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, lads. See you later. Good Mark, night. Mark, speaking of, speaking of Hibs, um, former Hibs sporting director uh, was spotted at Celtic Park yesterday sitting in the director's box. Uh, 38-year-old Graeme Massey uh, could be next on the cards for, for director of football. Uh, Rumours are starting to stick stock late yesterday after he'd been spot marked that he could maybe come the director of football, Mark. It is a strange one that he was kind no, of... It was strange he was well, what, what else, Mark, would he be at the match yesterday? Sorry, Paul, what? I said, why else would, would Massey be at the, the match yesterday, no, Mark? No, I know, I... But it's strange why you was here if there was maybe something in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, uh, for people who don't know Graham Massey, uh, he's no stranger to, to Celtic himself, spending nearly seven years uh, at Celtic Park. Uh, he was scout analysis between March 2008 to February 2012, where his role was scout analysis. He, he scouted the opposition, scouted young players within the Celtic youths, uh, helped promote them. Uh, he also has spent uh, a year and a half as development manager uh, within our academy, and he was a community director. So, Mark? It was about seven it, years, Paul, yeah, to all in Six years and 11 months, Mark. So, he spent four years as scout analysis at Celtic, where he was kind of scouting the opposition, uh, doing up the reports for, I suppose, Brendan Rogers' Mark time, I think, would, would have been around that doing up reports for the manager, getting things ready for the... And then when he was kind of community manager, he was kind of looking after the kind of youth development, like helping players get promoted and stuff like that, scouting young players, bringing them in. If I'm a betting man, Mark, and, I, and I'm not, like, it's taking all the boxes, isn't it? No, it seems to be, doesn't it? <laughs> but people already say that since this after, Mark, all... Oh, we can do better. Uh, he was, he was only a Hibs and, and stuff. It doesn't that, that doesn't matter, Mark. I mean, like, we're getting things in place that that we want to be in place. We do well, need one, sports. One of the articles I sent you about him, Paul. It, I mean, it showed you like what he'd done with that mm-hmm. with Hibs. So at Celtic, he's just basically doing the same thing, but in a a bigger level. We may we may money available to him. The thing that impresses me most about Mark is his age. He's only 30 years. He's young. He's fresh. He, he obviously knows the the, the market, Mark, being, being modernising football. Like we spoke about Martin O'Neill maybe coming about the director of football, Mark, where we were saying that he's um, 
he's kind of outdated. You know, he hasn't been in football for a long time. He's kind of philosophy in football is gone. But being 38, Mark, and, and coming the director of football at Celtic, like, you're showing maybe an ambition, Mark, that he does know the modern football, doesn't it? Oh, definitely, Paul. Seems to be mm-hmm. a fair talk. It's only hubs, but you've got to look at what he actually has done. Mm-hmm. As uh, you said, he's a young. He's only a, a young man. Mm-hmm. Like we've always said, Mark, that our steps being taken behind the scenes, our things being being looked at, but clearly they they they, they have been, Mark, haven't they? Oh, they've got to have been, Paul. You know, when did this guy leave Hubs? It was only a couple of months ago. A couple of months ago, Mark, he left. Like, so I think, Mark, I was reading it, Mark, he only left Hibs roughly around January. All right? That's, that's when it was kind of Christmas, January. And they were saying, like, that Hibs have big boots to fill in, in Graham leaving. They, they have big boots to fill. Like he's going to be a big loss to them as a club. But, there must have been something, Mark, negotiations or, or something like that. Like, if he was going to come to the match, Mark, maybe yesterday, maybe he'd be sitting in the stand or something like that. But the fact that... Those two that seconds, did, Paul, I'm yeah. going to bring Welsh on for the last yeah. half hour, right? But the fact... Just you keep talking. Yeah, but the fact that he was in the director's box yesterday, Mark, Nicholson was around him, Bankier was around him, there's something... You, you can't... Not... Neglect the obvious, Mark. Like, why is Banker around him? Why is Nixon around him? Why is he in the director's box, Mark? Do you get me? Aye, aye, there's obviously there's some, mm-hmm. not saying a special capacity, but he's obviously there. And, and even as a guest with somebody yeah, off the board or something, Paul. And even uh, looking at him, Mark, like, he, he's been at Celtic as well, like, and we've known the problems within our, our youth system for years. He's actually been at Celtic walking with the youth. It, it ticks all the boxes uh, for, for me at the moment, you know? Uh, I agree, Paul. I think there might be something in it. Uh, Fingers crossed, Paul, get something mm-hmm. done with this director of football. Or, I mean, maybe it's no director of football that's coming in. It's maybe it's maybe it's kind of, heady scouting, yeah, heady recruitment or whatever you want to call it. To, well, Nick Hammond, Mark, was kind Aye. of more like that like, because... And at the moment, Mark, he does need to concentrate on the football team. And with the January transfer window coming up fast, I think the next year. Well, gee, what has impressed you about Ange at the moment? And uh, are we then finally starting to see Celtic click on the Ange? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You know where she is? Where she clapped. We can hear you. We don't need to see you. I can see myself though. That's good if you're into that kind of stuff. Well, she might want to rock your horse. Manscaped. Don't be manscaped. We're not promoting that anymore. Manscaped, manscaped, it doesn't work. Don't get that shit. 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 Don't get that Angeball clicker Celtic uh, got four games in a row were winning three clean sheets. It's, it's oh, starting to look up for Angeball Celtic, isn't it? I we've had one transfer window and look at the distance of the way we play. Night and day, night and day. You know, it's uh, <laughs> the effort the players put in as well. It's, you know, it'll take a couple of transfer windows to get his team, but yes, I'm loving it. It's really good. Were you up for the game yesterday, Welshie? Oh, I've been right now. The only game I've been up for so far this season was Livingston away. And I know we get beat that day, but I even I seen a big difference in the players. And it was just watching the effort. And you know, it was far superior to what I saw last season. So, so no, I'm good. I've, I've, made, I've, I've no missed a game in terms of watching them. Watched I think it's like when you're looking at last season, Welshie, as well, like. Celtic would have struggled to break down a team like St. Johnston last season, how 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 they just left men behind the ball. But with Ange, like I thought Celtic were were just so fast yesterday. Like we didn't even get out of the third gear and we were still fast, like you know, it, it was just so I know it was a boring game to watch, but the way Celtic kept pressing and the way we passed the ball so fast, it it, it was just brilliant to watch compared to last season, wasn't it? You can make an argument for that, and, and obviously so, but the play, I mean, even look at the players last season, the quality compared to last season this season, I mean, there is a quality difference with Kyogo and, and Jota, but we had the quality last season. Mm-hmm. For me, it's the, it's, the, it's the aptitude of the, of the team and the, and the way we're playing. It's, and they're definitely playing for the manager, they're playing for a new team. There's, there's, there's something going on behind the scenes there. It's, it's, I'm excited by it. Mark, do you think maybe as well that Having a new captain, like Gapron has been there for years and stuff like that, but having a new voice in the huddle, having a new energy in the huddle in, in Callum McGregor and stuff like that, has that maybe made a difference as well this season? Eh, I don't know, Paul, that's a hard gene. I, 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 I think that's... 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 I and rightfully so, you look at Christie, you look at Edward, they should be a big now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, this is Celtic. That was 10 in a row last year. We keep harping on about last season and the difference to this season and last season. The quality was there last season. 
There was no doubt about it. The attitude wasn't whereas now players are trying. Mm-hmm. No, def- you can de- see the def- they're playing for the manager, they're playing for each other, it's playing Matt, as a team. When I kind of, when Ange first came in and when I was doing up the analysis and, him, and I said like, when Ange has the players he wants and, and when he has this Celtic team click, uh, the last couple of days I've been watching a lot of that, but the fluency of, of, of this Celtic team at the moment, just not passing back, like, like we had maybe... 900 passes yesterday, Mark. I mean, we had a 91% accuracy. Like, that's that's unbelievable stats, like, compared to what we're seeing. Like, and am I proving right, Mark, that when we see the full effect of Ange, when we see the players, like, every day we seem to spend with Ange, the team seems to get more and more comfortable with Ange's system, doesn't it? Uh, You've said it, Mike, you said it. Once we got up to speed in that, Paul, that Teams in Scotland are going to really struggle to keep up with us. Mm-hmm. Yes, that that be my Ida guy. Honestly, man, that blew me away. Some of the videos I watched him the other day, Paul. Indeed. Oh, I tell. Well, I don't know if you've seen him. This 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 lad that was supposed to be scouting uh, Medida. Uh, he plays for Yokohama with, with, with Ange, and it was actually Ange who signed him for Yokohama. But if you talk Kyogo and Yasuma fast, Mark, this fella's just on a different level, isn't he? Uh, it doesn't seem to stop. No, no. I mean, I saw some tables that had been put up with the amount of sprints in the J League over the season, and eight of the places was took up with this guy. He just seems to constantly run, and he seems to be going full pelt and not getting anywhere near the ball. And then he's just got this burst of speed that just takes him past the defender. See, see, you look at uh, Gordy Watt in the morning. Doesn't matter what your profession is. And you go to work. You see a guy like Andrew's your boss. You'd want to, you'd, you'd want to work for him. And it's I, just character, mate. You're borrowing some of his methods in that well, Shane. It's, it's not just. It's not just. Turning up with a wee nice jumper on it, what? Well, Mark, it's not just. Uh, it's not just where he is. It's, it's the way he's handled himself as well in Scotland. Look, the, this boy supports by by journalists. Uh, in Scotland, like he quite the the media, stereotypical, Australian, but yeah, I, I love I love the fact that he doesn't bow down. I love the fact that he just says, "That's me. This is who I am," and that's it. Just, it's, uh, it's just, you know, it's just, 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 just like stereotypical Australian. They'll say what they, what's on their mind, whether folk don't like it or whatever, and they've. But they've always got that kind of laid back kind of. Well, back to that, he's also the kind as well. See, see, see things ever well. They were after six months. He'll still go to his next club and he'll do the same thing. He's just mm-hmm. that's, that. That he sticks to his beliefs and that's it. Do you yeah. think that? Like, that's a good point there, Rab. Saying as well, I meant to say that too, mm-hmm. Paul. Yeah. It was McGregor. It was the only player that's played against the Fernan Vakis last season. That was still on the team the other night. Wow, and that's it. So that's just Sean Mark. That I, mean, I don't know. Maybe the lack of effort that was given last season. Like we could have won that game midweek, Mark, by by a lot more. Like that, that scoreline didn't reflect that game uh, no. last week. So no, it didn't. We could have we could have really hammered them. Anybody else saw the bus bomb? Gordon Strachan's boy. Is that man? Brian. The buzz bomb. He's Gavin Strachan. 
Definitely buzz bump. Definitely buzz bump. You might be right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Mark, like, he came on the stick last season because people were saying he was a coach. But he's not a coach, Mark. Like we'll eventually see maybe Gavin Strachan always working with a manager who who likes the dash or who wants to see the dash. Like because last season we wouldn't have saw maybe Callum McGregor coming off to get a rest. You know. But do you think, Paul? Do you think these three or four clean sheets we've had in a row? Didn't he join Kennedy's defensive coaching? <laughs> exactly, defensive coaching. You know, but he was getting the stick for that match. He got, pelt- got pelted for that match last season because people said he was defensive coach. He, and and we spoke to Jackie McNamara himself, Mark, and he said there's, it's not, there's no defensive coach in football. You know, it's kind of not really hard of Mark, really, is it? It's a fan's perception, though, isn't it? It's the way fans take it, and it's easy, he's a scapegoat. Dogs abuse and never gave the guy one but a credit. Oh no, I did, Mark. I did. I said credit where credit's due. John Kennedy took the Andrew system. I, I looked through my notes if you want, and I'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but speaking of John Kennedy, look, Mark, I, I've noticed that. Last season we saw John Kennedy with his arms forwarded and uh, and stuff like that, but now you see him hugging Ange or he's hugging Gavin Strachan or he's hugging the players coming off and stuff like that. You're seeing a different buzz around the whole club since Ange has came in to, to Celtic, haven't you? I, I, don't, I, don't, think back. I don't think hmm? John Kennedy would be there if the guys did he want. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, everybody have said that well, she would have said that Brendan Rodgers rated him as a coach. Everybody that's worked with him rated him as a coach. It's, it's a it's just so All he did, all he done last season was Neil Lennon till me day. Yeah, but I think Mark, he didn't he didn't come and sell the glory when he was a kid. Yeah, yeah, that that, that, that chance that. to change things. That's what kind of made me. Th- oh, what you doing here? You yeah, a chance to that. prove that you were. That sort of ratified the fact that he's no a first team manager. Mm-hmm. You know, he's 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 sort of he's sort of good at what he does. It's like there's, there's certain certain people you see who come up. Uh, remember the guy who was Newcastle, John Carver, and yeah, yeah, you see, Mike Feeney, Mike Feeney, Manchester United never never been a good manager. Like Brian Kidd, Brian Kidd for years and years. He's at United. They went to Blackburn and then obviously back at City. He's a good coach, man management, all that kind of stuff. But there's no, there's no, no manager. You know, perhaps Johnny's just falling in that category. So, Mark, look what you said there, Mark. Liam Brady was one of the best youth coaches ever down, down in South and just never clicked for him at, at Celtic. Oh, we played, we played some good, good, good football under Liam Brady. We really did. It was just... Listen, Liam, Obviously, there was Liam Brady and Wayne Biggins you know, in the background, but... Yeah, Liam Brady and Wayne Biggins go hand in hand in that, just gives me bad memories. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just easier, Paul. I mean, I've ran the Arsenal youth system for years and years. There might be John Kennedy just... I mean, I've said it before. <laughs> it might be time for him to go and try and prove himself as a manager himself, but... You said the same about Bollywood's face. No. Uh, exa- uh, exactly. Yeah, it's, 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 what he does for the youth system at Celtic was, was unbelievable. He was never going to be Celtic manager. Mm-hmm. 
think maybe that's it so Mark like Welchie has made a good point there like do you think maybe John Kennedy likes being the, the second man there like he likes doing what he's doing and, and that's where we maybe he, why he's not kind of gone out it may, it may be a bit different under Ange but see look at like the top top levels of management and that the assistant managers the, the buffer between the manager and the players the, the assistant manager will be he'll know all the gossip, the dressing room gossip and he'll decide what the manager needs to know who's dead out of line and who's out drinking whatever and maybe that's just John Kennedy's comfort zone mm-hmm. I just and want to go he doesn't want to become the, like the manager where he's not got that kind of connection with the, with the, the players in the dressing room and things like that uh, just a few things there on the live chat JF JFP is saying the captain Dan Bad has brought the best out of uh, Callum McGregor. Matt, would you think that? Do you think maybe him stepping out of the would I say that the Scottish Brown, the Scott Brown shadow maybe that Callum McGregor come to see the man out Celtic has brought the best out of it? I don't think the captain Dan Bad makes it. That's the way McGregor plays. I think McGregor is the way McGregor is. Mm-hmm. And he'll, he'll play. If somebody else comes in, takes the captaincy. It'll still do his role. I think Scott Brown moving on makes a difference to how Carl McGregor plays. Yeah, I think that that, that McGregor's now became the main man. Yeah, I, I think, I, I, I think I, he's got for himself anyway. Do you know what I mean? He, that's just I think that's just his character. But what's the best position for him, Brian? Like he's clearly taking on kind of uh, the last man in the midfield. Like, do we still? <laughs> I said before the live chat, I think we need we need somebody who sits in the midfield, somebody I mean, you know, yeah, one yammer type, that type of player, somebody who sits sits in front of the back four. I and McGregor, I think I think McGregor's good at doing that, but I think McGregor's better playing on the front foot. I think he likes to be a bit forward. But you've got we've got Roderick and Turnbull playing in two positions and it's obviously them two really can't play together. But I think if Rod McGregor moved a bit forward and with either Roderick and Turnbull and somebody behind him, he's going to do a lot better. I think Mark this is my own view now, and uh, I think we could do two signings in January. It's it's a, a midfielder who's going to stay in that back, and I think it's going to be Kida for for Yokohama, and it's going to be Mida for Yokohama. The, the attack. I think those are going to be two players in the Asian market that Andrew would look at because they're two players that he signed specifically to suit his system for Yokohama. And when he signed those two players, Ange bought clicked at Yokohama, and and that that seems to be. The main area, Mark, where Celtic are lacking at the moment is that player to sit there that's going to control the speed of our play. You know? We've done over McCarthy if he was football. That's it. Before the live chat before us, it's if McCarthy comes to the floor, that's exactly where he'll play. That's it, yeah. Midfield three, McCarthy doing the holding role, McGregor doing the box to box role, and Kyogo or then the kind of attacking midfielder role, the number ten role. Mm-hmm. But you think is McCarthy maybe Mark picking up these niggle injuries because he's trying to get up to the level of fitness that Ange wants him? Do you think is McCarthy able to keep up to the pace the game Ange wants to play? Like this, this is what people are asking, like you know. I mean, obviously, when he got COVID, that set him back mm-hmm. a fair bit. 
doesn't excuse him not being able to pass the ball too fit to his right hand side right enough but like it was a bad game to start McCarthy as well Mark against Livingston on an artificial surface uh, and, I, I was even surprised and that's what people then have kind of made a judgment that McCarthy is insulted to the Ange, Ange's system like we were saying for years that who was it Roger couldn't play in it there was a few Celtic players back over the years that couldn't, physically couldn't play on the artificial stuff. Lennon was saying that they'd been rested because... But it really wasn't the well, only game for McCarthy wasn't playing was on that. Is that why Juranovic didn't start? Yeah. Because it was an artificial pitch? Yeah, I, w- I would think so. Like, but that was one of the, the strangest decisions I saw that was giving McCarthy his first full start on an artificial surface, like, wasn't it? I thought so far, I said that to you, the team went up that day, if you mind. Oh. Uh-huh. The first time, though, when he, he thought he was fully, not fully fit, but ready for the full time that he managed. So, I mean, it, uh-huh. to me, it backfired. Do you think maybe that, make, what was that down to the pitch, Michael? Uh, Brian, do you think? No, I was at, funny enough, I was at that game. The pitch had nothing to do with how bad McCarthy played to my eyes. He just had a bad no. game. Uh, but I agree with that, Brian. What's that? I mean, I stick up for McCarthy. You've I've talked about him for years on the sites and things like that. But that was a shocking performance at Livingston. Mm-hmm. Brian, is is that pitch actually as bad as it looks on TV? Probably uh, worse to worse to play on, Paul. It's it's difficult. I mean, it's obviously you watch the players playing on it and stuff like that. It's it's. They, only they can tell you the difference, can't they? Because the way the ball comes to you and how it, it spins so fast and it sticks, whatever it might be. The players will tell you the difference. The players, players obviously know yeah. the players are pitching up, they'll, they'll make certain runs, they'll make certain tackles to accommodate for it. It's it's no natural way of playing football, is it? Mm-hmm. See, even at Mikey's charity game up at Falkirk. Uh, is that artificial as well, Mark? Is this? Uh, that was artificial, Paul, aye. Yeah, but we pal weekend weekend start it comes on. I mean he's forty three, forty four or something like that, but well we showed up well to give him his due, but he came off it and he was talking about how see hard see when you're running mm-hmm. it's that hard under your under like your foot and that. And it's not supposed to be like that, no Max. We we grew up on red ash, that should be fine. Who was impressed you? More so far on the end, what player has kind of stood out for you? The players impressed me most. To be honest with you, Ralston's impressed me most. Uh, I never saw it in him, if I'm being honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, as I don't think anybody did, Brian. As far as the size is concerned, I think, you know, I wouldn't say he's impressed me most. Right? Kyogo, we've discussed he's just that earlier on in the, the, the chat about how he's as good as the wing, but he's just the middle. He's running around. But what, what would you do, Brian? What would you do with Kyogo, Brian? Like, would you go, what, what maybe Mark was saying in the previous podcast, take out maybe Tom or Roger and play Kyogo as a free roll behind you, Marcus? I think he's got it in him. I think he's got it in him. Remember the way Petrov used to play? I think Kyogo's got that in him. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll, he'll just go over and he'll just get the ball and all of a sudden he'll make them runs. And I think playing with a number nine up front in front of him might actually benefit him. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's great through the middle himself, but he, he plays on the last the last shoulder. But you know, if somebody's actually occupying the centre forward and not occupying him, you've got somebody who can play the quarterback balls and McGregor's perfect for them. 
you know, he could pick them runs, he could make them. I think he'd be, I think he'd be good in a, in a two, but I don't think, like Michael was talking about before, I don't think he'll be able to play a two up front. I don't, I don't see Coyote Ange going with two up front, I really don't. No, he, he never did, Mark, looking at kind of Yokohama and, and stuff like that, like, you know, it, it did, but a strange one here is, is, is what, what, what Buzz is asking, Mark, during the live chat, what would happen when we, if we did bring in Mida in January, you know, like who's going to drop out then? Or will he? Like he he's an old player, Mark, who can play across. And it doesn't have to be players dropping out, does it? It's, it's competition. It's it's rotation. It's you know you, you need a strong strong squad to go forward. Uh, like, we were saying that for you. Players need to be on their toes, I Mark. Mean, you know what I mean? We saw. Well, we know Angie's just kind of forward thinking. Modern type of manager, he'll be looking at the. Oh, we're talking about Gavin Stratton, you know, the data and stuff like that. He'll be looking at all that. And we've, we've spoke about it as well. If there's players behind you that are chatting at your heels, if you're not playing well enough, I'm taking your spot in the team. It keeps them at the. And a, a, good, a good example of that, Mark, was, was James Forrest when he had Patrick Roberts. Paddy Roberts, oh, yeah, exactly. That's. That, that's yeah. actually. And you've got to think that I not had Forrest at all this season yet. Mm-hmm. You know, he's no opportunity to... I mean, apart from that, he's done really well for us, but, you know, James is well. He steps up his game because of Patrick's there. Good, yeah. good things can happen. And considering too, Mark, like how fast Andrew's system plays and stuff like that, you need people to come off the bench who actually are going to make a difference. Like we saw for years that Celtic did, we didn't have a bench. Make a difference, Paul, or keep up that the level that we've already got on the park. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking to next week, Brian, uh, against Hibs, like we spoke, it was 2019. I think if I'm right with buzzes on the live show, I think February 2019 was the last time we beat them. It's always been a tough game to go to, but do you think, think that we go there yeah, for the win? I think I've been to every one of them games. I'm not going to this myself to go win. Yeah, I think, Mark, everyone's kind of Fairly confident for, for for Wednesday night. Ah, it seems to be. As I said earlier, I'm not overly confident. Mikey says we'll pump them, there. but again, Paul, I'll just be happy with one nothing and get out of dodge. Mm-hmm. And Brian, what about the partnership? Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. That's it, Mark. Like the more we're, the more we seem to be winning, there seems to be kind of a more bit better approach to the games. I don't know what, what would you I don't know what would you call it, Mark. Random mentality seems to be coming back into this this Celtic team, didn't it? Well, I know cliche in football, losing's a habit, but so is winning. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're getting into a, a, a rut of losing games and dropping points in that. It's hard to go to that kind of rut. But if you're winning games and grinding out results and the players themselves knowing if they go there and get a hundred percent, we will get a result here. That's because Mark, another in, kind of in, rut. In some games, Mark, uh, you you'll agree with me here, like there was some games under Andrew, it kinda looked too similar to last season. You know, and still sometimes during games Paul there's a a wee bit too much 
pointless passing sideways and things like that for my liking, but that's why I was so impressed with yesterday. I didn't see I didn't see none of that yesterday. You know, I saw I saw fluency within the set team. Like they they were just so quick on the ball. There was no dwindling on the ball, or, and everything was just trying to go forward all the time. You know, and stuff. I mean, maybe Paul, maybe the wee, wee sideways passings portions of the games is maybe the poor just trying to catch their breath yeah. and get their yeah. second wind. Yeah. That's, that's, that was Roger's philosophy as well. So if you remember, mm-hmm. pass, 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 and try and draw the right. Unfortunately, we're playing against teams who just are just geared up to sit back. You know, See, that's what I've that's what I've said about players like Kyogo daughter. She's under under Lennon. Even with Rogers, with with Sinclair, that could do these things and break down the defences that they can put. And for me, that's what Kyogo and Jota can do for us now. Yeah. He's always the type of player, he'll just think, if I can't, he'll not just sit with that, he thinks, I'm going to buy this guy. You know, and that itself creates space, doesn't it? We've got to sign him. Definitely. I'm just about to ask you that, Mark. Like, Definitely. Six, six, six million, Mark. Like, it's a no-brainer. Isn't it? And, and Yossi himself, too, Mark, seems to have been taken to the Celtic fans. I think he's loving this, the hype that's around him at the moment and stuff like that. Uh, that helps, Paul. Yeah. These young guys will know what's getting said on social media about them, things like that. So at his age, why know if, if, if it's a good season or here, decide to stay for the next two or three years. But you just hope he's done another Paddy Roberts. Pound. Yeah. What was that, Brian? You just hope he's done another Paddy Roberts and like send him back to Benfica for a bigger move to get it. Mm-hmm. Oh, well... I, it's, it's just it's it's going to be, but I mean even though we've got that option, it's still to the player as well, Mark. Isn't uh, it? He's still got to agree to it. Yeah, and that's why I think it's it's maybe would help. It's it, it would help us, Mark, that that uh, the Celtic fans have actually taken to Yasser. They love Yasser and stuff like that. That maybe it could it could work our advantage that way that he might sign. You know, but I mean, people are kind of oh, six million pound, but I mean it's like. When did we sign Chris Sutton, Neil Lennon, and John Hartson for like six million pounds? Mm-hmm. It's a no, it's a definite hundred percent no brainer for me to sign you. Especially uh, Mark, time, when when you look right. at this, the way we've sort like we bought Edward for nine million, we sold him for nearly twenty two million. Do you know like especially? You, you also hope that you also look at that as well, don't you? Cause yeah. You know, he does and he thinks to himself, right, okay, it's a stepping right. stone, Mike. Brian, it's a stepping stone. Right. He's a guy, what, 19 years old? He has a couple of seasons at us, becomes a hero and moves on. And everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. Right, because we talk, about, we talk about pathways in that. We've done it enough about how Celtic didn't give young players pathways. But it's even like young players like Yorton, they were talking about Edward. That's a pathway for them, Mark, then, isn't it's, it? Uh, it's a pathway for them. Come to Celtic. Look at Wanyama, look at Virgil van Dijk, look at Kieran Tierney. Oyer, this no, is, this is the next step maybe for Oyer, getting a big move. Look at Ayer, you know. So the pathway is there for us. Sorry, Brian, on you go. The pathway is there for us, definitely. Aye, aye, and they'll know that. They're, well, more than, more important, their agent will know that. <laughs> and of course, Matt, Looking at that, we've our own kind of young lad as well. That that needs to break into the the, the Celtic teams. The young lad Morfis, he he's there as well. Like you know, what I mean? so like 
there is good young players within the Celtic group, like in there, you know. And plus, Mark, they're not getting one, two years. Like, like we really put the boot down this season, like by giving players three-year contracts, four-year contracts, you know. There's good young players at the club. The news there's that uh, Lowell guy you talk about, Paul. Have you, got, off it. Just a, have you seen any kind of... Um, what, what what me, what's the situation excuse me? What's your oil? Uh, is this, you know, them two, they, they're, they're confusing signs for me. What's that? Shaw, Shaw, Shaw and your VD, is it? Yeah, I was kind of looking into that. And, and I, I, I spoke to, to, to Mark about it as well, Brian, that they were signed basically kind of in January, really, Matt, the kind of negotiations were done. And I'm thinking that they weren't really anxious, but maybe they're, Matt, there are players still getting used to being so young, getting used to Andrew's system as well. Uh, it, it is a strange one that, like we saw like, pre-season, Uruguay kind of stepped in and centre-back and he kind of stepped in at, at right-back and kind of did nothing wrong for me. Shaw, what I saw, Matt, kind of, did a job in the middle of the field. So if you're going to arrest someone like McGregor, don't, don't get me don't get me wrong. I think it's confusing. I don't I, I don't see a place for me to say that's that's not that's not what I'm getting. Yeah, it is like that's what I'm saying. Like it is. It is like. Do you see sorrow? Do you see sorrow of any kind of future? No. But you know something? He's a confusing one for me to see last season. I think that was a lot with the fact that we weren't very good last season. But the season of sorrow, I get scared when I see him in the starting lineup. He's a lion. He's a lion. He's a He's a a a I don't want my goalkeeper to be able to 
that baby shimmies in the six yard line and oh, things like that. Come back, come back, he was like, defenders defend. Big guys through the middle, and then everybody else could play football. But Mark, like, how many saves has Hart made last season when if Barkas was in goal that they would have went through the nest off, Bain was in goal, they would have gone in. Like, he, he, he just beat How many about, saves he made last season? But, no, this season, I mean, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, like, he's been so comfortable, Mark, yeah. and, and that just shows uh, how confident the, the defence are as well with Joe Hart behind him, don't they? I, they both confidence. Yeah. But, but you know, I said that know, even when we seen them, Paul, but, Like, 
nothing of him, Paul. Nothing of him at you all. Know, and like, you know how many confuses me. I mean, I think Michael Michael commented before. I mean, say with Robert Paul and Goalie, I think the two games he's come in, he's done very well. Yeah. You know, and and Michael was always into that on the chat. But he, he, he's a type of player that very fine in Angie's philosophy. And I think to the left, that's probably where we struggle a wee bit. I think of all this, the, the, the systems Mark can make a click is the issue seems to be the left back position don't they that's the only position that, that we kind of haven't kind of knuckled down like the last three games we played three different players there we played Bodhi, Montgomery and Ivanovic you know Montgomery was playing for one game I know he couldn't play the, the Europa League game because he wasn't uh, in the Europa squad like but no one kind of has been settled down there. Just, no, does that actually weigh anyone? Does that have authority on that, that position? Does that, that maybe think then, don't matter? And doesn't think that none of them can weigh? I don't think Angie's happy with that because there's no way we're yeah. going to get a Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, is he not happy what's at his disposal? at left-back at the moment, Mark. Maybe that's the position that Andrew's looking at. I don't think he's happy with it, Paul. Mm-hmm. He's saying he's chopping and changing it, and nobody's claimed the position as their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Andrew's besides the right-back. He's not besides the left-back. And the fact that he's playing left-back and Valsh is still playing right-back means he's not happy with his left-back. That's the way I look at it. But, but you can't win your job. Like, I don't think at the moment we can we can drop Ralston Mark, can we? You know, given what he no, that's doing what at I the moment. Yeah. Well, Paul, I think Ralston's playing that well. That Ange, it couldn't have warrant dropping him. Mm-hmm. Although I, Mikey says he thinks he needs a, a, a rest, so the Ange played some amount of football okay. for us. But, but in the modern day, Mark, now he's going back to the... But do you know where they're confident? Here. You know, he's right back, comes in, plays right back, and you've got Ralston as backup. But his last year, it was like we didn't even know who was the best right back we had. Now we've actually got a good side on that side. Mm-hmm. As a, the left backs became last season's right back, Brian. We don't know 100%. who's 100%. the best for that. Yeah, point. yeah. Like it's kind of switched over. We've had that. Problems is until the event full stop anyway. Mhm. But we're never, we're never going to replace. No, I don't mean to replace. But everybody can just hold I think that's what happened to Taylor Mark, wasn't it? That he was compared to Tierney all the time, wasn't it? Uh, I think so. In the, but we see Tierney then, John Mark. Taylor's the type of player Mark suits a knee Lennon team, do you get me? But he, he doesn't fit into Andrew's system then, do you know? No, it's, it really struggles with that inverted fullback thing, Paul. You know, like, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? The, the transfer, like, Mark was saying like that, I, I think he will that we sign me that and stuff like that, but like we've proven, Mark, like there was some unexpected signings this year who they weren't even rumoured, like Avidar came out of nowhere, Kyogre came out of nowhere, you know. So we're going to make you sign as Paul. We're still going to need to move players on as well. 
that, that's it. Who do you think is their players going to be gone in January? That, 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 that's a good question, Mark, that you brought up there. Do you think there's going to be players gone in January? Well, it's hard to buy players in January and it's harder to sell them, but I mean, well, Beaton... I don't think he's going to sell Beaton, Mark. Uh, uh, no, but even yeah. Beaton, Beaton's played all right when he's yeah, actually played as a defensive midfielder. Yeah, and that's, that's the perfect example of what we're trying to say, is that playing players, Mark, in the right positions, like Beaton was brilliant when when he played in the, the midfield role, wasn't he? I don't, you couldn't have fault him when he plays in that role, Paul. You know, and... I see for somebody coming off the... As I've spoke about it, is game management, Paul. See if you're two or three nothing up with 10, 15 minutes to go. Beaton's one of the best players that we've got to come on and yeah, tighten yeah, things tighten up things to see off, the game yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. It's tough to be there sitting the bench.
I mean, I'm not saying he's reacting to like I said, Michael raised it, but he's heard the doors now as far as I'm concerned, but... It's, I get that impression. Yes, I guess you have seen enough of to say, nah, you're not for us. Like, I, I get that impression there as well. Oh, oh forget you, what, what Brian was saying there, like he seems to mourn if he doesn't get a pass or if the pass is wrong or something doesn't go his way. He kind of... Kind of does it. Uh, Sexy. Kind of yeah. there, Paul, and he seemed to it look as if he's maybe knuckling down and buying into Angie's message or style or whatever you want to call it. But well, we've I seen it too many times this season, Mark, didn't we? The, the forward line really kind of slows down, or we're not making the space that Puyol would make there. You know. You've only been with it last season, where we were limited up front, but have you? And I thought that the time for the year. To shine was when the Lucy was playing well, and it never happened to him. So I don't think it's going to happen to him at all. Then. No, he's, he's had enough chances. He's not again. We're talking about players no grasping their chances. Mark, it's, back, it's, 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 very, it's very hard to set a player in Mark, isn't it? When when he's not performing at your club, you're trying to get him out. So it's very hard to set a player in. If there's one position for the Mark, which is a bit right, is what it's saying. There's one position for Celtic that yeah was there for the taking. It was up front. Mm-hmm. And again, he never took it. I mean, Kyogos came from from nowhere, and obviously he's going to be the star man with all these things. But Ayeti, that was he had he had enough chances to make that his. Especially when Kyogos was injured as well, Mark didn't he? He had that chance, and G. Marcus wasn't fit enough to play. He had that chance, to, and all yeah, he two goals more. He really you can't even say they put in a shift to try and. Like even show that he's he's working to get better. David, the manager, wants him to do. And you know, it's kind of stupid stuff to see. Well, these guys are in front of me. I've got to do better than these. And 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 the biggest thing that any Celtic fan will say about Kyogo in particular is his effort. Mm-hmm. You know, and I yet yeah, just just put the effort in. You know, see if he's running around all day and he's chasing balls, doing he's doing it, he's, he's doing everything right, just no scoring. You forgive that. He just, to me, he just looks like a big moaning lump at the front. Even one for very first podcast, we spoke about the rumours about his attitude and. So that that was one of the reasons why Mark uh, David Moyes wanted the mode of West Ham. Supposedly, what his attitude wanted. I said, all his teammates because running around like he was running up front, shouting at them while giving the ball and doing things well. He'd he'd take that. Look at, look at Sheringham and uh, was it Dwight York and Andy Cole they never got over each other did they mm-hmm. you know look at the way they played he, he forgives that if he was putting it on the pitch but he didn't put it on the pitch and that was a great partnership back in the day wasn't it Sheringham Dwight York and Andy, and Andy Cole wasn't it and but they hated each other they were yeah. even talking oh, they never got over <laughs> at all didn't they no. you know but you look at just I know it's not man, but Mike Brian you look at that Manchester United team today, they're not a shadow of that Manchester team in, in the 90s. You know? No, it's £80 million for Harry Maguire and we select Celtic players. Oh, come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Christopher Ayer's a better defender Definitely. than Harry Maguire. Definitely. You know, like... I wouldn't take, take Harry Maguire in a free transfer for Celtic. I really wouldn't. He's just... He's shocking, Mark, like, and, well. and he's the number one strike defender, sorry, for Manchester United. He's the number one defender for England. Uh, and, and he's shocking, like, I don't see the, the hype in, 
in, in, in Harry McGregor. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, and it's going to cost Olegoni his job if he if, if he's caught. Like, you, you say that, Mark. Like, and we've seen it for years under Lee Lennon, the, the favouritism. Like, last season, we clearly knew. I'm so shy, I should never have got that job. No, bro. no. Obviously, I I thought I looked at this right there and Dolphin Hills and the majority of my pals are all Man United fans. I'm on WhatsApp groups and all sorts, getting a bit of a mind up today. And every single one of them, it's not a new thing. Every one of them is always the same thing. Why did Oli get the job? You know, it's. You've done Man United. You've done the best manager in the world to be manager of Man United. But it's, oh, gone. it's like I, it's, I, I don't watch them very often. I very rarely watch the English league, but I was watching United on the post today. Yeah. I just I watched it today. I thought there was, there was nothing. No nothing wonder, no wonder you drank loads of bottle of wine. So, <laughs> but I mean, even that Pogba. Yeah, I mean, on the pitch today, Mark. Fifteen minutes today, Mark. He was on the pitch and he got sent off. Did you see that tackle? I think he's a bit unlucky. I thought that tackle was a great tackle. I didn't. I, I thought he was unlucky to get sent off. But, um, do you know, I'm probably thinking, you only get away with that in Scotland, I'm like that. I'm not yeah. sure that game's here. But, you, you see that, like, Mark, the difference in referees in the Premier League, and they bar, and they bar in front of them, like, and they're sending players off for lesser tackles that you see up here. Like, you're seeing players get kicked in the head up here, and, and, and it's not even... The players not even stop this way of play on. Do you know what I mean? You know, go back to the tackle, the tackle with McGregor. The first game of the season, went to the Friday yeah, night game. Yeah. That was a straight red card every day of the week. I don't care what league you're playing in. No. I thought, thought Pogba was unlucky with that today. Uh, that's it for tonight. Uh, thanks to Jonas, Michael and Brian for joining us uh, on the show tonight. Thanks to you guys in the live chat for joining us as well. Uh, Mark, will now close the show. Thanks, Paul. Thanks very much, Brian, for coming on. Uh, Mikey and Jonas as well. Everybody that joined the live chat, hope you enjoyed it. Remember, subscribe, like and share it and leave a comment if you know how to. Thanks very much, lads, again. Hail, hail. God bless. Good night, boys. Night, Brian. Night, Brian. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This episode of the Boz and Bovo podcast was originally broadcast on the Celtic Rumors TV YouTube channel.